In many ways, we're still in the middle of a major tech revolution. Think of everything the phone in your pocket right now can do compared to the one you owned merely a decade ago. We're all way more connected than ever before, and while there are opportunities, there are also many risks. And there are many Irish companies that have sprung up to deal with both. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business Podcast with CompuBee. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuBee.com. And on this week's Red Business, we're talking about companies that simply didn't exist 10 years ago. And there's a lot of them out there because it's all about technology, it's all about coding, it's all about the internet. And that has caused a lot of disruption to traditional industry, but created huge opportunities for others. And one of the companies that wouldn't have existed over 10 years ago is the one I'm sitting in right now, which is Wavebreak Media, and its CEO is Sean Pryor, who is with me. Sean, how are you? Uh, very good. Thanks for having me on, Jonathan. Um, good to have you here. Uh, th- tell us what the company is about. So let's go back to the very beginning. What did you set up Wavebreak Media to do? Yeah, so I guess the initial stages I'd set up Wavebreak Media to produce stock video, which is um, pre-made video clips that can be downloaded and used um, in advertising. Um, and we moved then into also stock photos. So after a few years, we started to produce stock photos because it made sense to produce both. Um, and that's essentially how we started the company. Um, and we just have obviously grown it since then. So that was the initial embryonic stages. And it literally was myself, I guess, in my living room, uh, you know, starting the company on my own. So when we talk about stock photographs, the initial thing we think about are people in staged positions like, hi, I'm a doctor, or have you seen this real estate? Is, is that what it started out as? Yeah, very much so. Um, I suppose at the, at the early stages, there was a particular aesthetic to stock photos. And it was... Um, I suppose your stereotypical photos were very staged, very polished kind of look, um, very beautiful people. Um, and over the last uh, number of years, it's changed quite a lot and the aesthetic has kind of changed. So we've uh, had to move with the market. So there's new trends coming, more authentic photos. People want real people in the photographs. So the market changes and we change our, our style and photos to, to meet that need. It's an industry that's clearly grown, but how have you managed to establish yourselves? And this is what people are going to find interesting if they don't know anything about the company as one of the world leaders in this area. Yeah, I guess it is definitely a hyper-competitive industry. Um, there's a lot of people out there producing photographs and there's a lot of competition. Um, where we've probably benefited and where we've um, made a niche for ourselves and, and got a competitive edge is, is through the use of technology in the business. So right from day one, we started to integrate technology into the business, and that's helped us in a lot of ways in terms of defining what people are looking for, um, meeting the market trends and needs, but also getting our content onto the market quickly so we can get our content uh, literally within 24 hours onto the market and selling, whereas it may take other companies weeks and weeks to do that. So we've become very good at uh, the technology side as well as being, um, you know, market leaders in the production of the photos and the efficiencies. And then, I guess, having just incredibly talented people um, within the business who have grown with the business has been, um, you know, paramount to our success. And we'll talk about the people who I just had an opportunity to meet before I came in to sit down and start talking to you. But let's talk about the actual photographs. Of all the happy, smiling, beautiful people that you use in your photographs, where do you find them all? I mean, is, is there a constant stream of people somewhere in the world who are ready to take this kind of shot? 
Yeah, um, so we've had to, I, I suppose, look um, at what, what the market needs are um, because we're, 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 I suppose we're competing to a global audience. So we've had to look outside of Ireland um, for particular ethnicities, for particular looks, for particular styles, um, uh, you know, and how we set up those photographs and, and how we produce. Um, if you look at Ireland, the weather isn't exactly great all year round. So um, we've had to find um, locations in the world where it's sunnier, uh, for instance, and where we can shoot and if we're taking a risk on a production for a production day which costs a lot of money um, you know we can't have the downtime of rain and that sort of stuff so we've looked further afield um, we acquired it's a very polite way of saying the weather's terrible in Ireland <laughs> yeah, yeah. so you, you, you've looked further afield where did you go? so one of the places um, I, I guess an industry hub really is, is, is Cape Town South Africa so a lot of um, commercials and, and um, uh, content uh, for media is produced down there and uh, there's a couple of advantages to, 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 to places like South Africa Um you have the reverse of or or of the of the of the seasons. So in the, when it's winter in Ireland, it's summer down there. So that allows us to produce all round. So we can produce in Cork and 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 Europe, um, in in our summer. And then when it's our winter, we can produce more in Cape Town, South Africa. And how do you come up with the idea for the photographs? I mean, there's two on the wall here. There's a dad who's kind of lo lovingly looking at his child over there. There's another dad kicking a ball. There's a mother and daughter with balloons. There's a maze of some kind and she's looking at a cake. How do you come up with the idea? How do you say, well, I think that someone might have an interest in this particular photograph? Yeah, so I guess we use every possible um, bit of uh, of research that we can to do that. So it's, it's, it's a whole mixing and melting pot of ideas. Um, it starts with the art direction. So we have really great art directors working in the company who um, look at the trends of what's happening in society, um, you know, what fashion trends are going on. Um, how the aesthetic of photographs is changing um, and uh, they look for new niches that are coming up in the market um, and then we take that information and we look and try to plan how we can plan a production around that I mean you, you mentioned the, the, the dad on, 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 the, on the wall there with the kid um, you know there's a trend to more stay-at-home dads now in society at the moment um, um, so that's a trend. So we look at that trend and we'll try to put a production around that and show um, how, I suppose, uh, fathers are integrating more in, in, in household work and things like that, you know. It's funny how people's expectations have changed. The idea of a picture on the internet 10 years ago, people didn't go for too much of it because it took a long time to download if they didn't have good broadband. Whereas now everybody wants moving images. They want GIFs. They want videos that explain an idea more than a picture. So is that a trend that you're seeing that people people's standards are a lot higher when it comes to the type of image they expect? Yeah, and definitely um, the type of image and the quality um, that people expect has increased and the authenticity, authenticity in the photo has to be uh, right now So and also in, in motion. So, for instance, um, whereas before a few years ago maybe we could have you know staged a, a kind of a, a medical scenario or something like that, now we would have to go into a hospital and we would have to rent the hospital and every single thing right. So we'd have to go into an operational theatre, we'd have to have, we'd hire in a doctor um, you know, who'd show us how all the implements would be worked um, properly. We'd have a, a medical nurse. Really, really expensive. Uh, for something, when you sell it, I'm presuming you're not making a mint on individual sales. Yes, I mean it definitely is the the production cost is 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 high, but I guess where we're where where we've got an advantage is we have sixty partners around the world. So we've partners in China, we've partners in the States, we've partners in Europe. So all around the world. Um, so when we um, put that cost into the production, we were able to recoup that cost by getting the content to the market and selling it to a broad channel of. Um, 
of, of partners. So um, if you were a smaller operation, it might be difficult to do that and recoup mm-hmm. that uh, cost. So, how, how did you come up with this? Because you know, 10 years ago, the, obviously there would have been some people doing it, but none, no one was doing it particularly successfully. How did Sean Pryor, sitting in his house in Cork, come up with the idea for Wavebreak Media that would end up being one of the primary suppliers of this type of photograph to the world? Um, yeah, I guess um, I, I had started as a hobby. I'd started uh, photography and videography, actually, uh, uh, as a hobby. And back then, um, there was very... Uh, actually, there was no HD uh, cameras available in Ireland at that time. So um, I, I got just really into it. Um, and uh, I bought one in from, I think it was New Zealand, um, one of the first ones that came in. And I started shooting um, and making documentaries around Ireland. Um, just really interested as a hobby. And um, I would do it all in my spare time. Um, and what happened was I'd masked up some really good quality, um, well, arguably some really good quality clips. <laughs> Nowadays, I probably would think otherwise, given the, the standard of photography we have in the business now. But at that time, um, they were sufficient uh, to go to, um, you know, some of the distributors and say, hey, you know, you don't have any HD quality clips of Ireland. Um, you know, I've got some here. Would you like to sell them for us? Um, and I chopped up all the kind of footage that I had and, and made it up and, uh, into segments and clips and then and, and managed to kind of, I, I suppose, blag my way into some big opera- uh, big companies, um, you know, the, uh, the Getty Images and people like that of the world. So um, did you use your natural Irish charm to convince these guys <laughs> that you had something more than your average punter? I, I guess um, I, I, I'm not sure uh, charming would be one of my great traits, but um, I guess I suppose I had the sales background because I'd come from a, a business development and sales background. That's where where I had done, um, you know, maybe eight or ten years work um, in that environment. So I guess maybe I had that aspect. Um, so while I mightn't have been the greatest photographer, and there's certainly a lot better photographers out there in the in the world, I probably had the advantage of having the sales experience and the business experience. You have a new product as well called Design Wizard. Tell us a little bit about that and how it's going to work. Yeah, so Design Wizard um, came about um, from an idea where we about maybe three years ago where we thought it was very difficult for people who didn't have design skills to actually design stuff easily. So uh, as social media has taken off, people um, like to engage with visual content. So you want to put images up there and put titles on them and, and, and make, uh, I suppose, different content for marketing purposes. So a lot of small to medium enterprises haven't, you know, it was very costly for to, to do that. Um, and what we've developed is a product that makes it really easy for someone to go in and make marketing collateral like you, you can is it an app or is it it's online it's, it's an online app yeah. um, so it's it's www.designwizard.com um, what the, I mean what we said was that um, we did we set out the project three years ago was that my mother should be able to and my mother's in her 70s um, careful but, now yeah, careful. No, no, yeah, 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 there's yeah. many stumbling blocks well, ahead yes, here Sean yes, yes. how did well, your mother get on with it well yeah well the, the thing was that you know she's not she's not hugely clip, uh, liter- or, or computer literate but she is quite good at, at, at computers and she's taught herself quite a lot um, um, I better backtrack a bit here <laughs> yeah. just to make sure just, just say she can use the app yeah I say but, she can yeah. use the app but, she, but she's um, you know she's able to go on um, 
Um, oh, the, the, I suppose so. So the brief was that within one minute she should have been able to go in and make a, a, a photo and a design and a really nice design and get that online and post it to her Facebook account or her Twitter account or her LinkedIn or download it for marketing. Um, and 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 we've achieved that. What what it, people can do is they can go in in one minute, make a really great design and post it directly out into all the integrations that we've built to uh, to Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, uh, HubSpot, all the marketing tools. So it's it's like we've got to where we wanted to get to, and now it's really about just bringing it out to the world. Designwizard.com is the latest product and it's Wave Break Media. And you know, if you're looking at a stock image, there's a good chance it would have originated from the particular building that we're in. Sean Pryor, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much and continue success. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks very much for having me on, Jonathan. Cheers. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB, Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com slash business. So with me now in Red Business is Ronan Murphy, who is the boss at SmartTech247.com. Ronan, how are you? I'm wonderful, Jonathan. Thank you for having me on. Your company is involved with internet security. Now, we would have needed internet security 10 years ago, but a very different kind of internet security, wasn't it? Yeah, the in- internet security, or what we call cyber security, has become a really fascinating area of business. You, it, It's rare now that you can open a newspaper and you don't hear of the next major hacking incident on on a global stage so it's become an an industry which is very fast-paced and uh, has become really complex to help protect people in in that environment and how has the nature of cybercrime changed because back then probably the worst thing that could happen is you'd have gotten a computer that you'd have gotten a virus on your computer maybe you downloaded a torrent of something and it kept putting up porn pictures. Uh, That was the worst case scenario. Now it's a lot more serious. Yeah, it's a lot more serious. So if you look at the way the internet has revolutionized business, the the internet economy generates between two and and three trillion dollars every year. And the cybercrime industry is approximately 15% of that. So it's a $500 billion industry. It's highly, highly lucrative. So if you're a criminal, you're, the whole area of working in cybercrime is very, very appealing. So it's become, it's become a, a very lucrative business. The odds on me being ripped off by someone in Asia or Russia 10 years ago was fairly minimal unless they came to Cork on their holidays. But now these guys can actually take money out of my pocket. How do they go about doing that? So in a lot of different ways, they they may do it by um, compromising your personal credentials, by hacking your bank account, by um, hacking your contacts in your in your email, by hacking your company or by hacking people you deal with. There's a lot of different sophisticated methods that are used in terms of compromising individuals. But in if if you look at how broad this problem is, in 2016 we had 200 million people globally had their personal credentials stolen. So it's, um, it's a big challenge. How did a man from Cork end up getting involved in an industry like this? Yeah, that's an interesting one. So um, seven or eight years ago, I identified that cybersecurity was becoming a bigger problem. Um, we spent a lot of time, myself and my colleagues, uh, pounding the pavement, trying to, I guess what we would say, evangelize people and um, make them aware of this of this storm that was coming towards them in their business and in their personal data. And it took a few years before we really started seeing traction. Back in about 2011, you started seeing the first really big attacks taking place that were affecting businesses, that were affecting governments, um, affecting utility providers, healthcare providers. 
and ever since that threat has uh, escalated significantly and and as a result um, I guess we were in the right the right place at the right time. Again 10 years ago we would have all had maybe antivirus software on our computer that was from a big firm as we would have seen it but what your company is offering now is this it's 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 a level of protection um against this kind of thing from happening whereas you 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 try and see the problem before the problem hits your client yes so there, there's a lot of different facets to what we do and and as you rightly said jonathan if you look back 10 years ago a lot of your listeners will remember in in the in the early noughties there was a virus called the i love you virus and an email that went around the world saying I love you and people opened it up. And because we were naive and innocent, we yeah, said, ah, yeah, somebody yeah. loves us, that's nice. Correct, and you'd hope in this day and age, you know, if someone got that email, they wouldn't open it up. Um, but that's that's obviously changed significantly. Now companies install firewalls, they install antivirus, and they may have some other security technologies in place. But unfortunately, that's no longer enough. And I, I guess... To make it straightforward, what we do, we're a bit like a CCTV company that monitor your premises to make sure that the guy isn't climbing over the gate to rob your wheelbarrow. We're doing that, but we're doing it at a digital level. We're looking at it um, across your internet connection. We're looking at the activity that's taking place on your network. We're looking at your data, and we're making sure that these guys aren't getting in stealing it. How are you doing that from Cork when all of this crime is being perpetrated abroad. Is it easy to do that? Because 10 years ago, you probably wouldn't have been able to. That's correct. So we've built a state-of-the-art security operations centre here in Cork. We are the fastest-growing security operations centre in Europe. So our clients, a lot of them will be Irish companies, but um, typically all of our, a lot of our new big enterprise customers come from the UK, from North America, from mainland Europe. And the technologies we've implemented in our what we call a SOC, a security operations centre, are helping to monitor and protect those customers all from here in Cork. Um, and, and what are you protecting them against? I mean, where are the areas that they are vulnerable now where people who are listening now, their companies, their own computers, where, how, how can they be vulnerable? So I'll give, you, I'll give you a staggering statistic. Every single day you have between 400 and 500,000 new pieces of malicious software which are built. And they are... Every day? Every single day. And that software is built and designed specifically to steal your money. Every single hour you have between 15 and $30 million is stolen. So um, it, it, it the, the whole area of... Um, cybercrime is growing at a ferocious pace and what we've built and what we've designed here in Cork is designed to protect the customers from those type of threats and the threats aren't just you know this hacker in a bedroom these are organized criminals across across the UK across even Ireland believe it or not in in mainland Europe in Eastern Europe in Russia in China and sometimes you will even see other countries like Russia and China and North Korea actually attacking countries like the US and vice versa. So there's a whole there's a whole lot of different actors who are uh, participating in this cybercrime industry. And it, it's funny that, that this wasn't tackled on a state level. And I suppose that's the nature of the internet, is that nation states tend not to get involved too much. But it sounds like you're almost policing this on behalf of your customers, this this kind of Wild West 
that has been created where the cyber criminals can get at you no matter where you are in the world? Yeah, so we have we have a whole pile of threat researchers based here in Cork who are continually um, trawling the dark, what we call the dark web, which is the underbelly of the internet. And they're uh, learning about the different types of threats that are being developed to attack utility providers, hospitals, government agencies, even even mid-sized type companies. And we're making sure that we understand those types of threats and we're making sure we put the precautions in place to protect those customers, those those utility providers, those government agencies. What happens next, Ronan? Where are these guys going to target? I mean, we saw, what was the most recent one? It was... Um uh, Petya was one and WannaCry. WannaCry, correct. So, and they targeted, it looked like hospitals, specifically some government departments. Who's next? You're going to see another escalation of those type of attacks. Um, and we refer to them in our industry as almost being like a wildfire in terms of they have massive impact. The, the Maersk, the large shipping company, you'd see the containers on the back of the, the ships when they come into port. Their CEO has just announced that that has cost them over $300 million, the impact from that type of virus. So you're going to see a real escalation in the volume of those attacks. So it's, the, the problem is expediting very, very quickly for, for, for companies, for businesses, for individuals. And presumably for government and for states and for companies and as you say companies and individuals it's pretty much everybody yeah i would say that if you are government a government agency if you're a hospital if you're if you're managing critical infrastructure this challenge is becoming very very significant and they have to take a very hard look at how they secure their networks, how they secure the technology that they're implementing, um, and and governments have to you know put it on the on the table as being a major issue to address. Any idea where we might be in ten years' time? It's kind of terrifying as to where we are now from ten years ago, but. What could the next decade bring? Well, as we leverage technology more and as you see the Internet of Things and, you know, driverless cars, um, IoT or, again, Internet of Things, security is going to grow significantly. You're going to see these attacks because of the, the money that's involved, the size of the industry. It's bigger than the, globe, the global drugs trade. It's just going to grow and grow and grow. And it's going to be companies who are innovative and invest in security and take it seriously who will be the best protected. <coughs> Ronan Murphy, Smart Tech 24-7. Thanks for joining us in Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB, providing innovative Apple solutions for your business. Visit compub.com slash business. So now we're in the hub of activity that is the Cork Airport Business Park. And there are so many businesses in here, it's hard to keep tabs on which tech industry is growing at the fastest pace. But I'm in a company now that certainly is growing very, very quickly, Populo, which used to be called Newsweaver. And we'll talk about that change in a while and what the company is doing. But with me is Tim Vaughan, who joined Populo, our Newsweaver, as it was at the time, from the Irish Examiner. Tim Vaughan, how are you? Great, sir. Johnson, thanks for the opportunity to, uh, to, to talk about Populo. Tell me about what led you to leave traditional media, to leave the Irish Examiner and come here, of all places, and, and work in an industry that you probably knew a little about, but not a lot. Yeah, I absolutely knew, knew very little about the industry, but I suppose that decision was informed by the fact that I had been editor for 15 years um, uh, uh, of the Examiner, and I, at the outset, when I took up the job, I, 
I would say to myself, probably around six years would be max. It's not the job to, um, to grow old in anymore. And uh, while I loved it, um, I felt 15 years was, was, was enough, you know. I, and um, I had it in my head that I was never going to retire as editor. So, you know, even though I hadn't been actively doing anything about it, um, I was one of those people who said, you know, you're busy doing the job and you're getting on with it. And it's a very, uh, very, very busy job with a lot of demands. So it was kind of, yeah, I was thinking about the future, but I kept putting it down the road. But then you reached the decision. And did a lot of people turn to you and say, Tim, what are you doing changing careers at whatever age you were? You were, you were in your mid-50s, were you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was 56, yeah, yeah, old. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, they were surprised, I suppose, because in, t in one respect, this was in the media, people felt, you know, uh, it was an unusual move for an editor to, to go into a different industry. Uh, traditionally, editors would go into um, either retiring the job in the old days, which doesn't happen anymore. It's a short tenure position nowadays. Um, or they went into, um, if you were in, particularly in Dublin, you go into, into PR companies or, you know, um, or something like that. Or if you had a big enough salary and you, uh, yeah, in, in, in older times, you know. You, Off on the boat to Crosshaven with yourself. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that was never going to happen for, for me. So um, I, uh, I was approached um, by uh, by somebody in Populo uh, to see would I be interested in the position, and um, so I explored it. And uh, the more I looked into it, uh, well, it was Newsweaver at the time. I said, you know, this 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 is a great company, and um, it's a big challenge. But you know, I I had to look towards the future, and you know. Uh, well, in terms of financially, I'm going to be working probably for a long time. Finchins aren't what they used to be. Um, and it was a new challenge. And I like giving myself a new challenge. So tell me a little bit about what the company does. Because the, the purpose of this podcast is to talk about companies that didn't exist 10 years ago, nor did we have a need for. So mm. if you were to describe it to somebody who had just walked through the door of the office there and didn't know what it was about, what does Populo do? I suppose in a nutshell, while it's... A software company in another in, in, in a larger respect it's not it it's in the business of of helping um, large organizations large companies to um, to communicate and to engage with their their employees so let's go back take the 10-year analogy again mm -hmm. 10 years ago in a big office there was a notice board yeah. there would have been internal emails mm -hmm. That's different now, is it? It is. It's, it's completely different. And uh, I'm not sure how they managed in, in the older days uh, when you have, like, some uh, of our clients, our customers are, like, Unilever and Nestle, and they have hundreds of thousands of, of employees in, all over the globe in different time zones, different countries, different languages. Um, and, you know, if they want to get... Uh, communications that are aligned throughout that it's a very difficult process it was very difficult in the older days um, but uh, and communications is, is you know we've all worked in companies at some stage in our lives where communications were, were poor you know I, I don't think there's anybody out there who hasn't worked in a company where communications were, were poor and what's the benefit of having proper communications that the, the style the popular is responsible for 
uh, well, it would be, it, it would be the um, the style of communications now is that uh, it's no longer a one-way uh, process. It's no longer the empl employers talking down to their employees or whatever. It's a very sophisticated, uh, sophisticated process now, uh, and requires sophisticated tools and technologies. And Populo provides uh, software that's been developed here in Cork that is groundbreaking globally and that is being used by the biggest brands in the world, as I said. So let's say that Coca-Cola, I don't know yeah. if Coca-Cola are a client of yours or not, but I'm Coca-Cola yeah. and I say I've got 100,000 employees around the world. I need them to be 100% over the brand. I need them to be 100% over the corporate message. I, I want Populo to help me. So how, how do they do that? Do they yeah. build specific software for that for Coca-Cola or do they no. modify what but, you have? But they will have a company like that, Coca-Cola or, or, or Nike or Adidas or, or companies of ours. Um, they will have means of communicating and engaging with their with their employees. Uh, it's Traditionally, it's been email, um, intranet, uh, video, uh, social media networks. Um, but... The problem up to now and up to the, the, the point of popular developing the software that we have is that they really had no effect, means of effectively measuring the effectiveness of their communications. And that's where the popular software has come in. It enables the, um, they, can, they, can, you know, they can tap the pulse of how effective they are at any one point in the process. Uh, they can, it's, it's, they can um, you know, encourage and uh, develop two-way, multi-way uh, communications. So it's it's a tool that measures the effectiveness mm. and therefore can actually uh, increase the engagement. It's funny because uh, I was using this rather crude analogy when we were walking in the door, is the idea of talking from the top. Um, you know, the monkey at the top of the tree looks down and all he sees is smiling faces. The monkeys at the bottom of the tree look up and all they see are, are you-know-whats. Mm -hmm. So does that translate in communications terms as well? If you create that two-way street, that the guy at the top is a lot more connected with the guy at the bottom without the unpleasantness? Well, ultimately, it's down to the culture of the company. Uh, but the, the smarter companies realise that it can't be a top-down approach or else, you know, they're destined to um, the bin, the history bin. Um, mo modern companies with, with uh, progressive leadership know it's, it has to be a two-way process. They have to engage with uh, and, and not just say, this is the way it's done, this is what you do. Uh, that those days are, are far from over. So it's a means of facilitating... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, dialogue and engaging. It's, uh, it's that back to that word engaging again. If you're not engaged in a company, you're 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 not productive. Mm. And the you know companies like um, you know that are, that I mentioned, they realise that ultimately it, it leads to being a more profitable company. Uh, research shows that it's up to three point five times. Companies with with effective employee communications uh, strategies. So by talking to, properly to your company, your and employees, listening, and, 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 listening, and listening, you can earn up to three and a half times as much. Up, that's that's uh, um, research by Charles Willis Watson, a big research company over many years. This is a Cork yeah. company, isn't yeah. it? So and like the other companies we're featuring in in this episode, they're all Cork companies that are operating on a global scale. How? Do you see this playing out? I mean, do you see more expansion here? I mentioned that you know you've, you've expanded a lot in the last twelve months. What's next for Popular? 
Well, further growth is um, is, is is on the cards. Um, it was, I think, it was early two thousand and fifteen uh, that we said we're going to do, increase the workforce by sixty highly skilled people uh, over two years, and that was achieved with seven months to go. Um, Andrew Shocknessy, the founder and CEO, he's not in the business of of making announcements of job big job announcements and not not fulfilling them. But uh, we we we've already grown since then. Um, the further plans in the states. We have people on the ground looking for opportunities in South Africa at the minute. We will be opening an office in Australia in October. Um, so it it is very much onwards and upwards. Um, and uh, which is interesting, I find interesting about the company is that. You know, it's um, there was a forty percent increase in turnover last year, and every every penny of that, every cent of that, is being ploughed back into uh, in, into the business uh, for further development. Yeah. Uh, there's no venture capitalists uh, on board. Uh, it's it's uh, it's 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 built here, um, and uh, it's you know there's a lot of pride in that. It's really interesting to see everybody hard at work here and to understand a little bit more about what the product does. Tim Vaughan of Popular, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us in Red Business. Thank you. My thanks to all my guests and good luck to each of them in the future. Leave Hennessy helped put all of this together. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. The Red Business Podcast with CompUB. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompUB.com slash business.